So we are back with the Sustainable Energy Education Podcast on fostering mutual growth. And we are joined by Chloe, who is speaking to us from Barcelona, Spain. Welcome, Chloe. Thank you. So how about you tell us a bit about your background and um, something that you're passionate about? Yeah, uh, so I'm Italian and uh, I'm now in Barcelona because I do a master in energy engineering uh, in Energy. Um, last year I was in Stockholm and that's why I got involved in this project in WBKTH and I'm Italian. So my bachelor was in energy engineering again, but in Italy. Okay, so what are you passionate about? <laughs> uh, about energy, I guess. No, but also about traveling and yeah, meeting new people and new cultures. Okay, so thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. As you know, we're talking about the Engineers Without Borders project that you did with um, K- they did, we did with uh, KTH, and we want to learn and find out um, some of the insight that you gained from this project. So, um, did you work on the project prior to coming to Tanzania, or were you mainly involved in the project when you came to Tanzania? No, no, I worked in the project the whole year, so we started in October, more or less, and in a team uh, with about. 15 people and uh, the most of the work that we've done during the year was about uh, raising funds for this project so we had to contact companies and explain what we wanted to do and then uh, also an important activity that we've made uh, it was um, building like the prototype of the turbine at the end we didn't do the whole turbine but just uh, the blade so that's basically what we did uh, in Stockholm from October to, till June, and then in July the implementation. Okay, so and prior to the project, what were some of the challenges that you faced prior to coming to Tanzania, that is? The challenges, so, I mean, um, I, I think that the, like, the challenges we faced were during the implementation, because during the year, actually, we, oh, okay. we had luck because it was not that hard to find the um, companies that were, were willing to fund us and uh, so the yeah the challenges were in, in when we came to Tanzania oh okay 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 and um was there like a, just before the project was implemented was the was there like a training or a workshop in terms of implementation of the project or had the workshop already been done and so you were just going to build it no, there was no training, but some of the people we worked with uh, worked at this project uh, before us. Oh, okay, okay. And um, what new thing did you learn from working with the community, from a social perspective, from interacting with different people? I think that this kind of projects are great if you have like good contacts and people that can really help you and they really want to do the project that they are interested in uh, electrification or renewable energy. Because if you don't have like a good content, then you just go there and it's, I mean, you find resistance from the community and they don't really understand why you're there. If you... Oh, okay, okay. And just in terms of carrying the project forward, what do you think, um, if anyone sort of wants to do the same project, what are some of the things that they should think about? Maybe from, from a technical perspective, obviously, because you said you worked with like the welding and all that, and also from like an implementation, from a social perspective. I said before, I think that you need to find a good contact uh, from there because you cannot just go and do whatever you want and what you think is right. Because I think that the point of view is kind of different, and and with I mean 
we think about helping the community, but maybe they don't see it the same way as us. So I think it's really important to have someone from, in this case, or, or Africa, or from, from the place you like, you want to go to, that wants to help you and wants to collaborate. Okay, thank you so much, Chloe, for the insight that you've shared with us. We hope that you continue to be part of the conversation on energy and energy access. And thank you for all the insight that you provided us with. Thank you. So much to learn, right? I know. If you're interested in seeing some of the work that we're doing, go to our website. It's www.greencollarafrica.org. You can check out our Facebook. It's the Africa Green Collar Project. Our Twitter account is Green Sea Africa. And if you're into photos, check out our Instagram. It's Green Collar Africa. We are back with the Africa Green Collar Project and we're focusing on sustainable energy education and fostering mutual growth. Um, so we've already covered a lot of, con uh, we've talked to Christina and um, Chloe about the Engineers Without, Borders, Engineers Without Borders project that um, they worked on in Tanzania. And now we're talking to Adam Wangaila from Dodoma, Tanzania, who also volunteered um, with the EWB team on the project. Welcome, Adam. Thank you very much, Mr. Churchill. Okay, so how about you give us a bit of a background on yourself and tell us something that you're passionate about. Um, Alright, um, my name is Adam Wangaila and uh, I'm a student at the University of Jerusalem in the Department of Mechanical Industrial Engineering and it's my fourth year now. Um, that's all I can say about my education background and I'm a Tanzanian. So. Um, about the EWP project, um, First, uh, I hear I heard it through my professor. The news I got from my professor, and that's when I came in contact with EWB. But in reality, EWB is no it's not there in Tanzania. Okay, so how many students went? Did you go with from the university who are in, in Tanzania? Uh, the students who participated in this project from the University of Dar es Salaam actually, we were five students. Oh, okay. And um, so I, you, I'm assuming that you worked on the project when, when um, EWB came into the country. You didn't work on it prior to the implementation. When, yeah, when they, came to, when they came to Tanzania, that's when I, I started working with the project. But then, by like sharing the information and how, how, about, how is it going to happen and all that kind of thing. Okay, so tell us a bit about the project. Uh, what were some of the most exciting things that you got from um, working with the team and engaging in the project? And where was the project carried out as well? Uh, um, uh, the most exciting part about the project, personally, uh, I like traveling. So I got a chance to travel to a new region, which I've never been there. Um, the project was conducted in Sindida. It was conducted in Sindida, but yeah, in two different, in two places in Sindida. Uh, the school is in the village called Wendell and we did the project, the manufacturing and design and everything in Singida town. So we did it like in two different places. Okay. And um, had these schools already had access to electricity before that or was this the first time the solution was being implemented? Um, maybe uh, it's, it, had, it didn't have any access to electricity. No. The, 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 the village itself is very far away from the town and the access, the, the infrastructure and everything is very poor so the electricity um, it's, not the, it's not yet there um, if you try to check actually there's only one company supplying electricity in Tanzania so 
it will be it is a bit difficult to get it to get electricity there at this time maybe in the far future so there was no electricity actually in the whole village um, which company is this? Are you talking about like the central utility, like the main, the one that's mandated by the government? Yeah, that's, the, that's it. That's it. The one which is mandated by the government. And um, were there any challenges that you faced when working on the project from a technical perspective as well as a social um, perspective? Obviously, you were working with um, different students, but then you are also working with the community. So I'm guessing there were different dynamics in terms of, um, you know, how the project went along. Yeah, challenges. Uh, of course, there is a challenge in everything that you try to do. There must be a challenge. So there are challenges. Technically, yes, there was a lot of challenges. We we were lacking some tools, though we ha- we were doing things from by using normal materials, but um, tools actually were a bit difficult to get it. And if we get them, were but were a bit expensive. So <clears throat> challenges from technical. I think it's all about tools and. Socially, yeah, you know, getting to know each other with new people, interacting with new people, and some people may perceive you differently. Um, for example, when we reached there, um, the local community actually, they perceived, um, well, actually it's normal, so when they saw like white people coming, they perceived like um, they have their own mutation, I don't know, this mindset that, which they have. So it was a bit... A problem at first, getting interacted with them, collaborating with them, so something like that. And sometimes, you know, people trying to steal things, all that kind of thing. But then it went well as when we get to know each other all along, so... I think the problem was the fact that like you students were there also and they did make it easier so for, for instance communication because obviously um you could speak swahili and i'm assuming the locals were also speaking swahili did that make things any easier yeah 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 it make it made it made things easier we were able to i don't know we were, we, we, we acted like a bridge you know this um christina and her, her fellows communicating to the local ones so we were like doing the translation and all that kind of thing Okay. And um, just uh, in terms of like going forward, because I think you've obviously said there's no engineers without borders at a university, but there's so much insight. And I think that especially with the kind of, this kind of project, there are many other places that may need, um, say, this kind of a solution. Are, like you say, there's one um, utility that's providing electricity. And that obviously means that mean, there are many places that still haven't been electrified. Um, just yeah. going forward. What do you think are some of the things that would need to be, say, put in place by students like yourself, for instance, to be able to make such a project grow? Uh, um, you know, at first, I had to ask Christina, um, how do how do EWB do? I mean, how do they go about it and to do such big projects, traveling abroad? And I had this, I do all over the, all over the world. So how do they do? And he told me it's a bit of it's a bit of a process actually. So. The most important thing is fun. That's what's required. But then um, it's not like it is impossible that people in Tanzania or in Africa cannot establish something like that. It's very possible. What they what's more important is the willingness of the people, because the EWB, yeah, the EWB organization. It's something that um, is non-profitable. First, so it's people. It's just people came up together and decided to do such things. So even in, in Africa or in Tanzania or any, any place, people can decide to join up and do such things. Um, and maybe some organization to be willing to fund their projects and their ideas.
it is possible oh okay and just from a logistics perspective because and i remember you talked about the technology the um technology like the equipment being a bit of a challenge to obtain but now when you look at things like say transport like just within the country what were some of the things that went into um making the project viable did you have to get transport there how was that organized um did you have to like talk to a local within the community to start the project uh yeah just a bit of perspective from your side um we at first we tried to talk with the local but then things don't did not go well so we were on our own um we have to arrange for transport actually a transportation from just moving around the town but also, but also to take us to the village um the village was very far away from the town where we manufactured the things the blades and all that so it was we had to arrange for the transport and oh. in fact the infrastructure is not okay and it's not very good to to the village oh, so it okay. was also expensive to yeah. And um, did the community like once once the solution had been developed, once the twin turbine and the solar panels had been installed, um, was the community able to see the benefits? Yes, of course, they were able to see the benefits. In fact, the school holds three hundred students, and the students actually in their night trips, uh, night night studies, they use torch. So it's it's not healthy for us for to do such a thing. So. At the end, at the end of the project, they were able they were able to get some lights in the class in their dormitories, so they're all happy, and the village, the whole village, was happy too. Great, thank you so much, Adam, for that insight and um, knowledge that you've shared with us on the project. And we hope that we can see that you gained insight, and obviously, you also had knowledge to share. And yeah, thank you so much for your in, for your updates. Okay, thank you, Mr. Okay, for our listeners, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Check out our website; it's www.greencollarafrica.org. Our Facebook is the Africa Green Collar Project. Our Twitter is Green C Africa. Our Instagram is Green Collar Africa. And our yeah, actually, I've forgotten those lines. I need to say that again. Hold on. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on the Africa Green Collar Project. You can reach us on www.greencollarafrica.org. Our Facebook is the Africa Green Collar Project. Our Instagram is Green Collar Africa. Our Twitter is Green Sea Africa. And our email is greencollarafrica at gmail.com.